Interface is a proud sponsor of the How to Specify podcast, teaching the importance of sustainability in design. Interface set out on their sustainability journey back in 1994. Yes, 94. And since then, they've been leading the way in sustainable manufacturing and product design. From thoughtfully designed carpet tiles and LVT to durable Nora rubber flooring, Interface makes carbon neutral products that make an impact on people's lives, their spaces, and the planet. Lower your carbon footprint with one positive step. Visit interface.com today to learn more about their carbon neutral floors. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast. This is Robert Hammonen, Chief Content Director for Interiors and Sources, and I hope you all are doing well and staying safe. This is a really unprecedented time we're going through, and I know we've all heard that countless times, but one of the more positive things that's emerged, I've noticed, as people are working from home is that many of us are taking the additional time we have uh, by not commuting to the office, for example, to catch up on projects, uh, read books and do crafts and just kind of better ourselves in some way. And that was actually part of the reasoning behind our new How to Specify series that we launched this year before the pandemic, actually. And the thought behind it was to offer both young professionals and seasoned designers who are looking for uh, some more current information on specification across a range of product categories uh, to learn something new and get up to speed on what's happening in the world of product manufacturing and specifying. So class is officially in session. And this month, we're focusing on kitchen and bath products. And for today's podcast, I've invited Lorenzo Marquez, President and CEO for Marquette Group, to be our instructor today. So, Lorenzo, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Robert. It's a pleasure to spend time with you guys. Yeah, great. Well, for our listeners out there who may not be familiar with Marquette Group, uh, can you tell us first a little bit about your firm and your role there? Sure. Uh, so Marquette Group is a marketing agency, and we specialize in brand architecture. We are very much involved with the kitchen, bath, and design industry, um, working with a lot of different uh, constructors, and builders, designers, showrooms, home centers, and helping them reach their consumers. We, we specialize in the kitchen and bath industry and uh, essentially know it from top to bottom. I, uh, I was privileged enough to be a chairman of the NKBA, the National Kitchen and Bath Association, for two years, uh, not long ago. So kitchen and bath is our space. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, you're the perfect person to speak with about this topic. So I'm glad you're here to help us out and talk about the importance of specifying for kitchen and bath products. So from kind of a broader perspective, um, what would you say uh, is one of the first things that designers should consider before planning a kitchen or a bathroom project? Um, like, should they be focusing on size, project type, end user, the budget, or all the above? Like, what's, what's the combination there? You know, Robert, it really is everything. I think at the end of the day, it's first, it's important for any consumer or any homeowner to consider utilizing a certified designer when they're looking at redoing the project. Um, a lot of us have the mindset of being more DIY and just being able to do it ourselves. What happens with that could be catastrophic, and, and I experienced that myself uh, a few years ago. And so um, I think that the first thing that people should consider is hiring a team of professionals to help them with their project. Um, from a designer standpoint, uh, obviously, budget is important, and, and understanding the, the primary needs of the, of the client. We are in a society today that has up to 
four different generations living under the same roof. So you have people that are aging in place and staying at their house, or you have kids that are taking their parents to move back in with them. You have kids coming back from college. And oftentimes you also have um, grandkids living in the same household. So understanding the needs of the family and the household are very important uh, from a from a practical usage standpoint, but also understanding the budget constraints or the budget they may have to work on the project is also very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously not all kitchen and bathroom projects are created equal. Are the, would you say the functional design considerations are the same for like a high-end luxury project like a hotel um, as they are for ones with maybe more limited budgets or are there kind of differences between them? Well, I think there's different differences between them for sure. Obviously, residential projects are very much different than commercial projects or hospitality projects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the I think hospitality projects allow the designer to get a little bit more creative and push more their own unique taste and their own design elements forward, whereas a consumer household would be more designed along the lines of the people that live in the space or the people that actually will live in the house. And so, you know, certainly hospitality design has more opportunity and flexibility when it comes to design if the budget is there. But from a consumer standpoint, the needs of the homeowner are obviously more taken into consideration when it comes to selecting materials and also designing the overall space. Yeah, it's a... A very logical distinction there to make, so that's good. So, you know, when we talk about plumbing, I mean, it's obviously not a very glamorous topic, but um, it's essential uh, as well, I'm sure. But what do uh, designers need to think about in terms of what's behind the wall before they get started? We know certainly the the um, the valves, the the way the, the the piping is done, the way the water lines are running, all those things are very important. You have to make sure that you have really good architectural drawings and plans of where everything is going. And you also have to consider having the ability to review and also to understand the fixtures that will go in front of the walls because oftentimes you projects get delayed and if you select a valve, and the plumbing fixtures is continuing in the future, then you've created an issue behind the walls. Um, and so, by all means, it's essentially important to consider all those things and really understand everything that goes, you know, as part of the, the project. Um, you mentioned plumbing isn't all that glamorous, and, mm-hmm. and I somewhat agree, but I also somewhat disagree with you on that, okay. just because... Uh, hard finishes and soft finishes essentially design and create an environment, but plumbing creates the experience when it comes to kitchen and when it comes to bath. Um, think of think of doing a very luxurious, beautiful marble bathroom, and where you spend a lot of money and in in getting this bathroom together. But if your plumbing fixtures and your plumbing is not supported to complement the environment, the experience will not be pleasant. Hmm. I I oftentimes think of companies like Kohler that designs beautiful functional product. They really focus on elevating the experience for the user. So they've really gone through and they've done uh, beautiful aesthetics when it comes to the product, but the performance is really focused on driving that experience. And that's where you see a lot of 
companies like, like I mentioned Kohler, where they're developing technology that complements that experience as well as the overall aesthetics of the product. Yeah, that's a really key a distinction. I'm glad you, you pointed that out because I hadn't considered that uh, actually, but you're right. I mean, as far as you know, design trends are going, I mean, it definitely has become more and more about the user experience, right? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a short break and hear a message from one of our sponsors, Bradley Corp. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to mismatched soap and faucet washroom designs. Now you can unify the look of your washrooms. Bradley's new Verge matching soap dispenser and faucet sets offer a vast array of perfect pairings for your washroom. Choose from an industry-leading collection of the most styles, finishes, and advanced features. Well, once you know we get past the sort of pipes and fittings, what do you see as being some key components uh, of fixtures that are common to products on the market today? Like, like what are what are some things that designers can can expect to see uh, with with some of the new products on the market? You know, um, I, I hate to call it in, in layman's terms, but but mm-hmm. gold faucets, or or I guess they call it bronze, is mm-hmm. is coming back hard and steady. And um, there's there's a lot more functionality when it comes to um, faucets. There's a lot of technology that's also integrated within shower components, within um, obviously toilets and um, and the wash basins or or uh, you know different elements within the the bathroom space. Um, as it pertains to the kitchen, you're seeing a lot of touchless faucets. And I, I think that now, especially around the pandemic, people will be more sensitive to obviously contact and cleanliness in their household. They're also going to be focused not only in technology that you and I perceive as, you know, turn out the light, turn out the light, but more so the component of what's, of how a product is made, the antimicrobial, antibacterial resistance that a product has. The, the live day-to-day functionality of how a product allows you to potentially turn it on with, you know, through Alexa or through um, Siri or whatever um, artificial intelligence device you may have at home, but also mm-hmm. how it responds to motion and how it responds to your overall needs. Um, I think that technology up until this point in some ways has been classified much more as a as an added luxury item not necessarily a need and mm-hmm. i think that realizing everything that's going on with you know with bacteria and with with this pandemic we're all going to be more sensitive as it pertains to the products that we put in our household and the exposure that we're putting our families under by selecting a material that may not be antimicrobial or may not be conducive of of um, providing a healthier environment for your household. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree that some of those uh, features maybe may have been considered uh, nice to have, but are going to be a must-have going forward. So, you know, you touched on the antimicrobial properties. Um, are there are there a lot of uh, products out there right now that maybe have those? And like, what materials are those made out of? Like, would it be like copper or silver or are you aware of some other products like that that uh, designers can look into? Yes, I mean you have. It, it all depends on the, the the material. Obviously, when you're when you're working at you're looking at surfaces, uh, porcelain, quartz, um, some natural stones when are properly sealed, 
they will be antimicrobial, antibacterial. There's no porosity. And when bacteria doesn't spread on the surface, it essentially dies off immediately. So nothing uh, is, and I'm not a doctor, by the way, but I've right. obviously done research when it comes to products and, and specifications. Um, so anything that is not conducive of bacteria spreading is important. That is the reason why, you know, putting it bluntly, all, all toilets are made out of porcelain because they are not conducive of bacteria spreading on, on, on toilets. Um, obviously, copper, steel, all those materials are also um, non-porous and are not conducive to reproduce bacteria. But I think that, you know, going back to technology in itself, it's not so much on the products R&D side of things. It's more so on the actual um, daily use of a product. Having a faucet that detects your motion and turns on the water automatically without you having to touch the, the handle or the lever. Um, you know, having a, a an artificial intelligence device that allows you to turn on your oven and also turn on your water and, and, and be able to work with you in the kitchen so you're not touching raw chicken, grabbing the oven handle, trying to turn right. it on, trying to wash dishes at the same time. You know, all those things are going to become more and more important and conducive of the way we live and also um, become opportunities for designers to really promote a universal, healthy kitchen and bath design environment for their customers. Yeah, and that's huge. And I think, you know, the, uh, the way the interiors are going to help keep occupants safe. and that, So that's, that's a good point. Um, what were you going to say? Right. And, well, and you also, you also have to consider the fact that when we're designing or when designers are designing environments, you know, the first thing that, that is selected is color. And with color, then you start essentially bringing in components or materials or finishes based on budget. Um, I think that color is going to still continue to be the number one designing element, but I think that cleanliness is going to take over budgetary constraints. Um, I would say that people would rather do one thing in their kitchen or their bathroom versus everything if they can at least ensure that the areas where they're having more human touch, human contact are going to be a safer environment for their families. Are there any other considerations um, that you think about as far as kitchen and bath overall that designers need to be paying attention to uh, these days or, or moving forward? You know, uh, yes, absolutely. Designers should, again, look into the household, look into the growing number of different generational gaps that live within each household. They should look into the functionality of the products they're selecting. They should also pay attention to products that are available in a DIY setting where um, it may not be as conducive of them to use those materials because consumers can potentially go get those products directly and, and try to do it themselves. I think that um, designers, much more than looking into the design elements of, of projects right now, designers should really be focusing on the value and the benefits of their specification knowledge as well as their overall drawing 
knowledge and how they can drive value to consumers, um, you know, particularly focusing on knowledge behind products, materials, how they're made, how they are functional, how they can change and better people's lifestyles. I think that that's, that's a huge value and a huge benefit that designers should focus on versus just the overall aesthetics, which aesthetics will always be important. But bringing that expertise forward is is much more valid at this point than just showing pretty pictures. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really good good insight and good practical information there. So, well, thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners, Lorenzo. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me. I look forward to speaking again soon. Yeah, great. All right. Well, that's it for today. Uh, For our listeners out there, stay tuned for more podcasts from our How to Specify series. Uh, Next month, we'll be talking about furniture specification and what you need to know to make the most informed choices for your next project. I also want to close out by sending out a big thanks to our sponsors, Interface, for making this whole series possible, as well as to Bentley Corp for bringing us today's podcast. So thanks again for tuning in, and be well, everyone.